From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. In the next four hours, the immediate future of a former league MVP will be decided, and we will be there for every second of the news as it breaks. But in the meantime, yesterday, contract values went out that may be changing the market in front of our very eyes. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And like I said, the franchise tag deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern. We will know by 4 p.m. Eastern today what the Ravens intend to do with Lamar Jackson. Will he be exclusive franchise? Will he be non-exclusive franchise? Will they come to a deal? Over the next four hours, ESPN Radio will keep you covered on every single ounce of the breaking news. But but yesterday, when we left air yesterday, we knew Derek Carr's situation. We did not know that quarterback Geno Smith was about to also sign a big deal. Three years, $105 bucks with the Seahawks, including $52 bucks in the first year and all I can think Harry is what does this do if you're Daniel Jones sitting around waiting for your opportunity to get paid possibly today also well from a passing standpoint say you know what I didn't reach the uh, the heights that uh, Geno Smith reached that's one thing he should be looking at and understanding um, it, it puts him in a spot to where yeah I understand Daniel Jones wants to get his money he wants to get paid but when I look at people like Geno Smith who was a top uh, eight quarterback this past season Completed over, uh, uh, completed 70% of his passes, was in the talks at one point uh, of playing like an MVP caliber type quarterback. When I look at Daniel Jones, we never had those talks about Daniel Jones last year. Daniel Jones had 15 touchdown passes, and rightfully so. And I understand he didn't have the weapons uh, on, on the outside of the wide receiver position, but there were times in the fourth quarter that, you know, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, those guys were protecting Daniel Jones from himself. So they wouldn't get the Daniel Jones that we've seen years prior to this past season. That wasn't the case for Geno Smith. Geno Smith played at a very, very high level, surprised a lot of people, but Geno Smith was consistent the entire year. So Geno Smith is now going to make, you know, $35 million a year for the next three years. And I don't know the, you know, the dynamics of the contract and if there's an out for Seattle within the third year or whatnot, but that's right around the range where I expect Geno Smith to be making. Now, Derek Carr is making, what, $37.5 million a year? Yeah. How in the hell is Daniel Jones expecting to make in the mid-40s per year when you have a guy like Geno Smith playing at the level that he played at last year and went to the playoffs as well? And he's making 35 a year. Well, uh, for me, that's easy because Daniel Jones is younger. Daniel Jones has less average quarterback years on his life. I hear you that Geno Smith was better last year, but Geno Smith has been in the league since 2013 and has been meh that entire time. He has career 64 touchdowns. 30 of them came last year. Like he had last year a better, a better overall year than he's had all the rest of his years basically combined like 11,199 career passing yards 4,000 of them came last year so Geno Smith has given you mediocrity for uh, seven eight years and then one great year Daniel Jones has struggled at times in his first four years but he gave it to you this year so you have less mediocrity uh, with Daniel Jones than you do with Geno Smith that has to matter too right like you can look at you can look at Daniel Jones and say "Ooh, got a new coach everything suddenly clicked I just mentioned and I don't I don't want you to ignore that the simple fact 
that we were talking about Geno Smith playing at an MVP caliber level this season at one point. At what point did we say that about Daniel Jones? No, we didn't. But I don't think Daniel Jones is an MVP caliber quarterback. I think Daniel Jones is just good at the right time. He's good and young at the right time on a a deal where he's ascending. Like, uh, less proof of concept of suckery is a matter – that's a new word I just made up uh, (laughs) – is is, uh, in and of itself a reason to feel a little more comfortable. Like, you know, if if all of a sudden – like, if you and I have been working out together, because you know I work out, right? Uh, so Harry Douglas and I working out together, and we work out together over and over and over again, week after week after week after week. And finally, I have one week where I just blow you away. And you're sitting there, you're not going to look at that and be like, oh, well, that outweighs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other weeks of, of mediocrity, right? Daniel Jones has only been mediocre a few times. Geno Smith has been mediocre for eight years until this year. What year is this for Daniel Jones? But this is his this past year. This past year was his fourth. He's going into his fifth. Okay, so it's more than a few times. It's more than a few times. Well, I mean, Daniel Jones. He had three, he had three met years Daniel, and one great one. Daniel Jones, right? And part of the reason why he had a great one is because of a running back in Saquon Barkley and a head coach and an offensive coordinator that knew they had to protect Daniel Jones from himself. Yeah, well, and Kenneth Walker III was certainly a big part of the Seahawks offense. And by the way, Pete Carroll seems to be brilliant because Russell Wilson sucks when he's not with Pete Carroll. So, like, uh, the Seahawks get some credit in this, too. Like, I think Did if the Seahawks make the playoffs? Not this past year with Geno Smith, but the year before that? Uh, the, the year before, no, they did not make yeah, the playoffs. They did. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. They okay. gave away who? Russell Wilson, right? Right, 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 right. Because they believe in who? Geno Smith. And then Geno Smith didn't write back to everybody that was writing him, right? That, that was the slogan. Right, right, right. Which was okay. which is cute for this year. But, like, I mean, three years of three years of okay and one year of great from Daniel James, Jones, which included a playoff game. Well, we got to stop saying great because, shit, I, I, I don't think it was great. I mean, it, it wasn't great. Maybe I used the word great too flippantly. You're right. Uh, three years of, of average and one year of very good. Let's say it that way. Uh, I know that the touchdown numbers aren't necessarily brilliant, but at the end, the other side he, of it. He played, he played well. He, he, he played well, right? Brian Dable came in and provided what he needed to provide for this offense, along with the offensive coordinator, Kafka. And they put Daniel Jones in a position to succeed and be successful. Right, Saquon Barkley. We got to remember this was a top four rushing team in the National Football League. Now Daniel Jones was a part of that too because he can rush the ball with his legs. But Saquon Barkley was the centric of this offense. It wasn't Daniel Jones. Like like moving forward, it can't be it can't be Daniel Jones. I believe. But last year it had to be Saquon Barkley to also put Daniel Jones in the right frame of mind. So you don't think Daniel Jones on an offense with Kenneth Walker and with the receivers that the Seahawks have and with the coaching that the Seahawks have. Wouldn't have had great numbers. I mean, I, I think there might be a little. Do I think? Do I think his numbers would have been better than Geno? No. Geno okay. Smith was a top eight quarterback. He completed seventy percent of his passes. Uh, uh, no doubt. We can't ignore that. Well, I'm not ignoring it. I'm just saying the context matters to it. Like if Geno was the it quarterback does. of the of the Giants with the limited weapons that the Giants have, do I think Geno would have been any better than Daniel Jones? No. I think I, I think they're sort of. I mean, they're kind of the same. I know it was a better year for Geno last year, but uh, again, like if I have to bank on one guy to be a one hit wonder, it's going to be Gino, the guy that we've Gino had eight Smith. years getting up to that point had a hundred more pass attempts than Daniel Jones. Not 10 more pass attempts, not 20 more pass attempts, a hundred more pass attempts but wouldn't than you ex- Daniel Jones. Wouldn't you expect that if you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? Like, I would expect that. I, I would expect that you'd have more more. But targets. who's to say the offensive coordinator for Seattle was going to protect Daniel Jones from himself? 
Who's to say that? That's what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka was able to do in, in New York. Were they protecting him from himself, or were they doing the best they could with the hand that they were dealt given the weapons? I think it was both. Off? I think it was a combination of both. I mean, you've also got to factor in age. Geno Smith is 32 years old, right? Daniel mm-hmm. Jones at this point is still – he's still a young buck growing in the league, yeah, right? Like, I mean, yeah, there's this uh, – Daniel Jones is 25. I just think it's insane that if he's asking for $45 million, $44 million a year, that, that's insane to me. I think mediocrity – not mediocrity because, that's again, that's too too hyperbolic. Uh, I, or too much hyperbolic. <laughs> I, think, I think, okay, at the quarterback position, when you're about to hit the market – Get you about forty million a year, like between thirty-seven, forty-two, forty-three. Like if Daniel Jones comes in at, at forty-two, forty-three million dollars, I'm not really that surprised by it. it. It feels like that's sort of just if you've got a guy that's okay, that's what you're paying nowadays. Which is why if you've got a guy that's great, like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, those guys are going to get in the fifties because you know, frankly, the, the the line in the sand. It used to be at one point making twenty-five million dollars a year. Like when Derek Carr signed a con- contract that gave him twenty-five million bucks before any quarterback was making that kind of money, people. Freaked now, twenty-five million dollars is like it's I'm a low-level starter. No, yes, it like, is nothing in today's game. And that yeah. is the the craziest part of it, Harry, because like it is just happening. now. By the way, you're not the only person that would not give that sort of money at all. Uh, uh, realistically, when you start looking at it, uh, I know Dan Orlovsky has echoed your sentiment when he said this about whether or not he would pay Daniel Jones forty million bucks. There's no shot I'm paying Daniel Jones $40-plus plus million. Daniel Jones had a nice year. Like, he had a good season. He earned money. He totally changed the narrative around the player that he was. $40-plus million, and the main reason is he didn't throw a bunch of interceptions? Seven months ago, the conversation was, man, can they franchise tag him maybe? Like, could, could they maybe? Could he play well enough to earn a franchise tag? This, now we're talking 42, I heard $42 million a year. $42 million a year to say, hey, you didn't turn the ball over a bunch? I mean, I don't know. I think in the modern NFL, Dan Orlovsky would be a $32 million a year quarterback. I'm just saying, <laughs> love you, Dan. mean that. Uh, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. We are just getting started. We are less than four hours away from the deadline. We will know the future of what the Ravens intend to do, at least in the immediate terms with Lamar Jackson. We'll tell you what will happen to him if he gets tagged today next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The NFL franchise tag deadline is less than four hours away. And we have spent almost two years trying to figure out how the Ravens and Lamar Jackson would get a deal done. Now, with only hours left to accomplish it, the question is, what franchise tag is the right franchise tag? And even more importantly, what's it going to do to Lamar when he is tagged? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And I asked this to you, Harry, because I love leaning on your experience in locker rooms. There is this moment for me where I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, a former MVP that is looking around saying, pay me, I want fully guaranteed money. For anyone that that you've had your head buried in the sand, you haven't paid attention, this argument seems to be about the fact that Lamar wants a bunch of money guaranteed in large part because Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. He believes on the open market somebody else would give him that. It appears as though the Ravens don't believe that. So now they have two options. 
They can non-exclusive franchise tag him, which means they can negotiate with him, uh, and anybody else can negotiate with him too. If somebody else signs him to a deal, the Ravens can match it. If they match it, he plays for the Ravens. If they don't match it, then they get two first-round draft picks. If they exclusive franchise tag him, nobody else can talk to him. He has to be there unless they trade him for even more equity, and he would be at a higher cap number. So that that those are the details. But Harry, if you're Lamar Jackson and you're sitting here and you're looking at the Ravens, how are you going to feel if in the next three hours you find out you've been non-exclusive franchise tagged, which is their way of saying, hey, you believe you can find it, we welcome you to try. Well, I think at that point, I mean, I'm pretty sure at the, up until this moment, Lamar Jackson has weighed his options for whatever may transpire may happen um, by the Baltimore Ravens. I think he's going through things, hey, if they exclusively, uh, exclusively franchise tag me, if they non-exclusively franchise tag me, What's my approach? Uh, what my approach will be, and I think for Lamar Jackson, and what I want a lot of people to understand that just because they franchise tag him doesn't mean he has to sign it. And we've seen Lamar Jackson bet on himself last year, and rightfully so, he did it because that's what he wanted to do. Me personally, that's not what I would have uh, have done. I would have, you know, demanded my money and I would have held out and I wouldn't have went out there on the football field. But that was his decision, right? And we've seen how that went. He got hurt again, right? And didn't didn't get a chance to to play the end of the season, and his team. Really, really missed him. The offense took a huge hit in doing so as well. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, this has been going on for so long, I'm not signing the franchise tag unless he decides that he wants to make a decision uh, if he's uh, uh, exclusively franchise tagged. If he makes a decision that, you know what, I'm going to sign the tag for a sign and trade because I'm looking at it from the Baltimore Ravens' perspective as well. Why would I exclusively, uh, non-exclusively tag Lamar Jackson and then if he tests the water and someone wants to give him, let's just say $240 million guaranteed, and we know as an organization we don't want to give him that, why would I accept that and then give, just only accept two first-round draft picks knowing what Deshaun Watson uh, went for, what, what the Houston Texans got back from the Cleveland Browns? So if you, um, if you exclusively tag him, now if you decide to go the sign-and-trade route, you can tell whoever, whatever team – what you want them to give you to trade for Lamar Jackson. I think it's better that way. No, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Limit his movement and force, you know, the opportunity to talk to teams as multiple people are now reporting today. For example, the the Packers have given permission to Aaron Rodgers to talk to the New York Jets. We'll get into that later in the show, obviously. Uh, But, you know, if you look at it from the Ravens standpoint, they can control where he goes, what he goes for, how much draft equity they can get back. And, I think you make a great point, though, and it's something that I, I we need to echo again as we get into these closing hours before the franchise tag. Financial freedom makes things different, right? Uh, there yes, is a does. there's a absolute difference depending on what your situation is, where you're from, what up you what you grew up with, uh, and what you have in the bank. And you know, I, I certainly don't know what Lamar's situation was growing up to that extent, but I know for a lot of people, looking around one day and realizing you have twenty or thirty million dollars in the bank gives you a lot of financial freedom. I know plenty of people in the music business had woken up one day and said, you know what, I'm just not going to do this the way they want me to do it because I don't have to do it. I never have to work another day in my life. Lamar is in that situation right now. Uh, He never has to work another day. He got paid enough money last year that he can simply tell everybody, nope, I'm good. He can be the person that actually stands up to teams and says, I feel I have guaranteed market value. Also, as you and I have talked about a lot, I think there are several teams that would be comfortable giving Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. That is the big line in the sand. If you are listening right now 
and you don't believe that anyone will give a fully guaranteed contract, then you believe that Lamar has absolutely no leverage in this situation. If you're like Harry and I, I believe that the Washington football team, a team like the Falcons, a team like the Raiders, I think there are teams out there that the Texans may want to go out and do this that would feel comfortable giving fully guaranteed money to a quarterback that they believe in. So if you believe that he can get fully guaranteed money, why would he accept anything less than that? It is that simple to me, Harry. No, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. And for Lamar Jackson, right, he, 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 he tried to do it the right way in his mind last season. Right? The right way in his mind last season was to go out there and play. Right? We seen what transpired. We seen what occurred. Now I think Lamar Jackson has to look at it from a standpoint that I need to do what's best for me and my family and my career. So if you decide you want to franchise uh, tag me, I don't have to sign that franchise tag. And if I want to be traded, I can tell you, hey, I'm going to sign the franchise tag on a sign and trade. That's the only reason I'm going to sign it if he do, does decide to, to do it. But I think the Baltimore Ravens, um, they're in a situation, and they had ample time before this point, it, it, before things even reached this, this juncture right now, to, to get things done. And it hasn't gotten done. You could have signed Lamar Jackson before Deshaun Watson got traded and got all of that money. You could have did it early on because he did win an MVP early on, right? You chose not to do it, and you didn't capitalize and take advantage of the situation on a rookie deal from the quarterback position. And now that's why you're in the quicksand that you're in. Yeah, and, and I'll say this loudly. If the argument is about injury, it's the same thing. If the Ravens say, we can't franchise you because you've been injured the last two years, that's the very same reason Lamar would look at them and say, I won't play unless it's fully guaranteed because I've been injured. Like, both sides are going to see injury as a reason to state their case. Now, Dan Graziano on Greeny earlier, ESPN NFL Insider, stated the case about which tag Lamar should want. This is what he said. I think you're rooting for the non-exclusive because that allows other teams to make you offers. If you're Lamar Jackson and you believe this fully guaranteed deal that the Ravens won't give me is out there, some other team would give it, the non-exclusive franchise tag is your opportunity to find that out. If the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on him, that's them saying, all right, we have not made any progress. You want full guarantees. We don't want to give those just on principle. Go find it. If, if other teams are willing to give you that, we have right of first refusal. We can decide, sure, we'll match it. Yeah, you were right. We were wrong. The market supports that deal for you. We'll do it. Or they can say, good luck to you. Uh, we'll take those two first-round picks and rebuild around those. It should be noted, I checked with Field Yates to get the information, and if he is franchised today, as is expected, uh, whether no matter which tag it is, uh, nobody can negotiate with them until the league year starts next week, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. So uh, they'll continue to have a few days to work out whatever that looks like. Other offers could come in, and then they have all the way to, to July to keep uh, actually negotiating. But I'll say this, Harry. I don't know a lot of couples that have ever sat across from each other in a marriage and been like, you know what? You think there's better out there? You go ahead and find it and then end up still married, right? Like, this feels like you got two people sitting at the table. It's like, oh, you think he's going to treat you better? I will give me to go find it. Very, very, very awkward situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say this. We don't know how Lamar's going to feel, but we can't sit up here and say he's not going to feel some type of way if the Baltimore Ravens say, you know what? Go out there and see, you know, what you can get. Is he, is he even going to want to be in Baltimore? After that, I can guarantee you, I will guarantee every single person listening right now, if the Ravens non-exclusive franchise, Lamar Jackson, the number one story between now and Wednesday at 4 p.m. is not going to be if, it's going to be who. Which team will absolutely back up the Brinks truck and get a guaranteed result 
at the quarterback position. ATL. I, I am Man. telling you. Could you imagine? Because I, I, I mentioned on, on numerous of occasions that this city still has the love for Michael Vick when he was here, right? This is a very cultured city. Do you? Could you imagine Lamar Jackson here in this city? And how that city, this city would embrace him, but also within that offense that the Atlanta Falcons run that is very run-centric and loves to utilize their tight ends. And, and they have a, a dynamic receiver in Drake London, and they're just going to keep adding and adding to their team. Can you imagine that, though? This city would embrace Lamar Jackson at the snap of a finger. And while Ravens fans on the way out the door will say, oh, he wasn't worth it, whatever fan base gets him, He's going to be throwing a parade in the offseason because they'll have a former unanimous MVP. All right, we will keep you updated. Like I said, the franchise tag deadline is today, 4 p.m. Eastern. So all the way through Fitz and Harry, all the way through Kenny and Carlin, all the way up to 4 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Radio will have you covered on every single piece of breaking news. In the meantime, yet last night in the NBA, there was one clear and definitive result that established who the favorite should be in the Eastern Conference. We'll tell you about it. But first, Harry has got to tell you this about Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. win their ninth straight game in Boston. This is going to be a team that I don't think those top seeds want to face. Just confident and having fun. The big thing is, you know, our preparation is great. Uh, to make sure that we're prepared. But we're also having fun while we're doing it. They think they get to the first round, and, and no matter what happens, they're going to be a tough out because they play physical. Man, we, we got some dogs. We got some dogs. It was a big night in the NBA last night, and it made the picture a little clearer about who the best team is in the East. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fear not, we will get you back to Lamar Jackson. We will get you back to the franchise tag. Again, the franchise tag deadline today is 4 p.m. Eastern. As we get any breaking news, we will be sure to let you know. Plus, uh, later in the show, we will go directly out to Baltimore and talk to some of the Ravens reporters that can give us the latest of what's going on. Uh, but we got to get into a little NBA here, Harry, uh, because the Celtics last night, I, I'll be honest, like my feelings are a little hurt. You know, I saw the uh, I saw the money line go uh, go kind of haywire at the end of the night because the Celtics were resting, obviously, key stars against the Cavs. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put a little cash on that. Just put a little cash. And then all of a sudden uh, they, they kept it close enough to make me feel like I had to sit up there and watch every moment of my dollars go away because uh, the Cavs get the 118-114 overtime win over the Celtics. But more importantly, it's the third straight loss for Boston. A team with high expectations did not get it done last night, Harry. Yeah, I think for me, I think the if you want to look at uh, and, and pinpoint one thing, I think it's the blown leads, right? Against the Brooklyn Nets um, in the first game that they had, they blew a 28-point lead. Against the New York Knicks, they blew a 14-point lead. And then last night versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, they blew a 15-point lead. And not only did they blow a 15-point lead last night, the series of events really had me laughing, and I didn't want to laugh because I, it probably wasn't funny, um, you know, to, to, to the young man that it happened to. But, man, you talk about going down to that game, right, uh, to, to the stretch of the game, and Donovan Mitchell gets fouled. He, he decides that he wants to hit his two free throws. 
But then, you know, on the opposite end for the Boston Celtics, Grant Williams gets, gets fouled, and Donovan Mitchell's in his face a little bit, and Grant Williams tells Donovan that I'm about to make both of them. I'm about to make both of them. Well, clank, clank, hit the front <laughs> rim on the first one. Clank, 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 he misses the second one. And that's to win the game. Basically, all he has to do is just make one of them, and the Celtics win the game. They go on in overtime and lose. They lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers on top of Donovan Mitchell having 40 points and about 13 rebounds. So Donovan, uh, probably 13 or 11 rebounds. So Donovan Mitchell really showed out. Um, and we, we got to note this. The Celtics were without Jason Tatum and also Al Horford, but they still had an opportunity and still should have won that ball game. Um, but the blown leads, I think, is, is the thing that's sticking with me with the Celtics right now at this moment. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about, like I said, that last night in Boston, because they were missing players, by the by the time we got to tip off, uh, they were a seven-and-a-half-point dog and the, on the money line just to win outright. It was plus 225. So, like, uh, when that thing got to 14 points, uh, I, I was feeling good, man. I was out there doing some online shopping, feeling like I'm about to make some cash, <laughs> and then all it did was fall apart. Cash, huh? Yeah, that's what happens. All right, and you think I'm frustrated. You should hear Jalen Brown. This is what he said after the game. In the midst of the storm, I think that was a valiant effort, but there's no more victories in this Like, like we got to win games, period, and I got to be better. Um, it was spots in overtime and through the game. I feel like I rushed some shots and that I wish I could have back, but Overall, we just have to have a fighter's mentality, and we got to play to win. He played good, though. I'll tell you, Jalen Brown, man, the guy had 32 points, um, 13 rebounds, and nine assists. Almost, he flirted with a triple-double, one assist shy. Malcolm Brogdon, who I thought was a key addition to them that they picked up this offseason, played well. He had 24 points and really was orchestrating things out there on the court when he was out there. But everyone else had like a subpar game. And you miss a Al Horford when he's not out there, a guy that can give you things on the defensive end, but he's that savvy veteran. He could knock down wide open threes. And they also missed Jason Tatum last night, that you know that other one-two punch to go along with, with Jalen Brown. And on the flip side of it, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers made him pay. But at the end of the day, the Boston Celtics still should have won this game if Grant Williams hits one free throw. Which is one. why, like, like, I'm not totally out on the Celtics. I know they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. Uh, you know that I'm a believer in the Bucs. I think the East is the Bucs conference to win. But it is interesting when you start looking at it because the Cavs are getting hot 6-4 and four in the last 10. Uh, the 76 are 7-3 and three in their last 10. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Knicks. Everybody's talking about the Knicks. First take was talking about the Knicks. The Knicks have 9-1 yep. and one in their last 10. They've won nine straight. The Knicks feel like they're on fire. I don't necessarily feel like the Knicks – or the Cavs are built to really con- contend this year with the Bucs. I-, I think the Bucs are clearly a better team. But it does show you that the Celtics have lost whatever benefit of the doubt, whatever that gap is that they had between the yeah. rest and the East and where the Celtics have right now. I-, I-, I don't know that I feel as confident about well, Boston as I did two weeks ago. And I'll say this, it's important. I still think Boston is the second best team right now in the Eastern Conference because the first team I have is the Milwaukee Bucks, plus they're deeper than you know the Celtics, I feel. I feel like they're deeper, they're benching. Um, those guys can play at a very, very high level, too. I think it's important these losses are starting to uh, uh, add up and not for a good reason for the Boston Celtics because you want that number one seed. And the reason why you want the number one seed is because you get the number one seed, you you can avoid playing Philly before you get to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, right? If you get that number one seed, you don't have to clash really, you know, with one of these, with with the second or third place team until the conference finals. So that's why the number one seed is that much more important. And I was looking now, Milwaukee 
has a two-game lead on the Boston Celtics in the East. So, you know, those blown leads, those last three games that they had, it's really making a difference in the standings in the Eastern Conference. And now the Boston Celtics are a, a, a two-seed, and the Milwaukee Bucks are the one-seed in the East. And it's going to play a vital role because you have the 76ers who we've seen against the Milwaukee Bucks and James Harden was on fire and Joel Embiid was doing his thing and Tyrese Maxey is out there balling out. You don't really want that second-round matchup. You don't want that. So if you can avoid it, if you're the Boston Celtics, not, not, not saying that guys are trying to avoid playing opponents, but if you can avoid having that prolific second-round matchup and, and you're not going to have it until the Eastern Conference Finals, then you would like to do so. Yeah, I think right now, in my mind, there are three really, really good teams in the East, in Milwaukee, in Boston, and Philly. And then there's a couple of teams that are hot at the right time that are just sort of young enough to get in everybody's crawl and surprise them, and that's the Cavs and the Knicks, right? So Mm -hmm. how those matchups play out is going to be a huge part of it. You're right. I think a lot of years I'm not a big believer that you need the number one seed, but in the East this year, it will make a drastic difference to whatever that road is. And the Knicks just beat the Boston Celtics twice in one week. Do I think the New York Knicks are better than the Boston Celtics? Hell no. So. That's a conversation for another day. (laughs) All right. And we will continue to break down everything you need on that one. Stephen A. not going to join us anymore now that we've uh, gone out there and said something (laughs) negative about the Knicks. But uh, in the meantime, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are actually talking. So is a deal imminent? we got breaking news. We'll tell you about it. But first, Harry is going to tell you this about O'Reilly. Be more confident in your car and get your battery tested for free Mm. at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your battery does need to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the right superstar battery for your vehicle. Right now, you can get up to $15, a $15 gift card after rebate with the purchase of select superstar batteries. Get the power, performance, reliability of superstar batteries exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Options aren't great. It, the Jets are this a very difficult situation to be in. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent. He will be an option if and when free agency begins, if they haven't made a decision. The Jets have remained zeroed in on Aaron Rodgers. That's been the case. He's been their primary option A. Jimmy G's a guy, not hard to manage, will be great in the locker room. The Jets were given some signal that they'd be best served waiting it out for Aaron Rodgers. It's a day that ends in Y, which means there's an Aaron Rodgers update of some sort. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We now have it out there, and Dan Graziano's put an article up on ESPN.com that the Jets have had conversations with the Packers and with Aaron Rodgers this week regarding a potential trade of the four-time MVP. Sources said some of those conversations were expected to take place today. But it's unclear as of this morning if they'll result in a trade. Rodgers hasn't told anybody if he wants to play. Still possible he wants to retire. Still possible he wants to stay in Green Bay. But if he wants to play and he and the Packers agree it's time for him to play somewhere else, the Jets would be a realistic option. So, again, this is a very long way of saying really nothing's changed. But the Jets are at least having those conversations. They're speaking directly with Rodgers. 
And uh, they would have to, in order for that to have happened, the Packers would have had to give him permission. So uh, by all accounts, that has happened. Uh, so the first step in what would be a very complicated next week to make this happen has at least appeared to happen. And I don't know if that really changes the way you feel about any of it, Harry, but at least we know now that they're, they're dating. They're, they're, you know, they're out on a first date, having a little casual conversation. We'll see where it goes from here. Well, no, uh, and that's the thing, Fitz. We're going to see where, where this takes us. Uh, or takes the Jets, takes the Packers, and also Aaron Rodgers from a player perspective. And when you look at the Jets, right, and when you've seen Derek Carr go to the New Orleans Saints and sign with them, and uh, it, it automatically put in your mind that, okay, they're 100% trying to get Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. But here's my thing, though. Here's the thing that concerns me. I just want to make sure that they have a backup plan if they do not get Aaron Rodgers. And that's, you know, one of the things that we were touching on yesterday. What's their plan C? Because Aaron Rodgers was their plan A. Uh, I, would, I would say Derek Carr was their plan B. But, you know, plan B is out of the equation now. What's the plan C? Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to try to get Jimmy Garoppolo? And like you mentioned, there are going to be a lot of other people trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo. We got to remember the Raiders and their head coach, Josh McDaniels, coached Jimmy Garoppolo in New England. So he would probably want to go to where he where he's going to feel comfortable. But at the same time, I know Jimmy Garoppolo needs that defense. Jimmy Garoppolo needs that run game. Jimmy Garoppolo needs pieces around him to also flourish and thrive. So from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, I just want to know, do you want to play football? Do you want to play football? Do you want to be in Green Bay? Or do you want to get traded to the Jets? That, that, that's all I need to know from Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah, it's interesting because we need to know all that. The Packers need to decide what they want in return. They also have to make contract adjustments to get ready for what would be a $40.3 million dead charge cap in 2023. Which is not, which is not easy to do. So right. like, I know we're saying it like that, but it's not easy to do that because, you know, you are talking about players that you probably, you probably love on your team, but you're going to have to release and tell them, hey, we're going to cut ties with you in order to have that cap space for Aaron Rodgers to be on the roster. And, and has been pointed out multiple times by Mike Tannenbaum, you know, even in this uh, article, it points out the Jets' salary cap, he would only count about $15.8 million once we get into it. But they have to have 59 and a half. They have to have $60 million available because the deal includes a fully guaranteed $59.5 million this season, part of that coming in an option bonus. So it's payable at the start of the league year. So even though the cap number gets better, if he's on your roster, you're going to have to have for one day $60 bucks. Mark, uh, working on the board uh, for us, is a big Jets fan. Uh, your level of confidence on this report has now gone to a? Uh, out of 10, I would say probably like an 8.5. Oh. oh. That you're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Okay, Mark. But, That's what I'm talking about. But for me, though, like I want minimum two years. I don't want just a one year and then we do the whole song and dance again next. Well, see that that's that's the well, thing. People that's in tricky. hell on ice water too. Like, what no, are we but, doing but, that's, there? but that's the thing that's tricky in this whole ordeal, though, Fitz, is because uh, are you 100 percent sure if you're the Jets, are you going to get them for more than one year? Because especially what you're going to give up to get them. If you are the Jets and you say out loud at any point that you are 100% sure about anything involving Aaron Rodgers, then you have just proved to the world you don't know what the hell you're talking about as a football franchise. Like, there is one thing you cannot be sure of in the NFL, and that is what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Uh, it, to presume that you can 
assure he gives you two years, you have to presume that he gets there, the contract's happy, that they win enough games, that he likes the way the media treats him, that he doesn't want to go to a four-day media or four-day oh, he, darkness oh, retreat. He, like he, 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 he can cross that one off, right? The media in New York, you have no control over them, none whatsoever. I mean, none. How, how many players have suddenly – been you know not necessarily in love with the fact that they become a a star in new york and their love of certain strippers comes out right like uh, if you're aaron Rod- i'm not saying aaron Rodgers is out there in the club i'm just saying that aaron Rodgers likes to be pretty private in his life you think they're going to do that in new york if no need some recommendations just tell them to hit me up I got, no, got we some know where the lemon pepper wings are always going to be tasty mm. I, I, I think at some point magic city really needs to endorse this show can that happen at espn i don't, <laughs> I don't know uh but i'll but, talk to mr magic soon i'll talk to him uh, mr you know mr magic yeah i know him very well wow that's, I mean, that's a flex right there. Does that he'll mean cool, he'll cool, he'll cool dude though, man? Like he, you know, he's a man of the people. Does that mean you and I get in for free when we go? I don't want to say this on. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> you, you good? You good? You good? Okay, that's you all good. you got. To, you you with your boy? You with your boy? All right, Justin. I need to go to Atlanta to do some shows with Harry in person. <laughs> uh, it just has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, but but realistically, if you're looking at the Aaron Rodgers situation. None of this can be predicted. And I think that's one of the things you have to remember. Whatever the cost of acquisition is, the only thing you can bank on is it's your cost of acquisition for one year. If it if you get an extra year out of it, well, that's a spectacular bonus. But if if you're counting on that extra year, I think you're doing business the wrong way. Harry. Look, A-Rob a- may wake up one day and want to be a damn Pilates teacher. We don't know. Mm. We, 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 we don't know. Like after that first year, he may say, you know what? I'm not really feeling football anymore. I mean, didn't we think a year ago right now we wouldn't be going through this again this year? But yet here we are. Like We did. This is the darkness retreat in, in a year might just tell him that he wants to play somewhere else or that he wants to be a shaman for all we know. I got no idea what's going on in the mind of Aaron Rodgers, and neither does anybody else. But we do know that Rodgers and the Jets are at least having conversations. As we get more information on that, we will keep you updated, of course. Remember, 4 o'clock today is the franchise tag deadline. We are awaiting news every minute. We're looking just like you are to see if we can get anything definitive on what the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson. But he's not the only quarterback that has a lot on the line today. If the Giants believe in Daniel Jones, do they need to pay him right now? One of our best and brightest thinks so. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.